today's guest on the podcast is Kevin Curry. He's the founder of Fit Men Cook. You guys have to go check out his Instagram. He has some of the hottest food, and I don't mean temperature-wise or spice-wise, but really great food that he makes on his IGTV videos, and he's just such an inspirational, positive person around food. I love his whole message. I love his recipes and I am jazzed about his new line of spices, which one of them allegedly tastes like Doritos. So that's all I'm going to say about that. I hope you all enjoyed this episode with Kevin Curry of Fit Men Cook. Hi, and welcome to the same 24 hours podcast. I'm Meredith Atwood, author of the book, The Year of No Nonsense. I'm a former attorney turned writer, speaker, and Ironman triathlete, although right now all I really like to do is lift weights. We all have the same 24 hours, but it's what we do in those hours that leads to our greatest health, happiness, and success. It's my goal to crack the code on a life of less nonsense so we can all make the most of our 24 hours. So let's get started. Today, Kevin Curry is here. You may know him as Fitman Cook. Hi, Kevin. What's going on, Meredith? How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm so good. I was enjoying. I worked out this morning on my porch. We're in Massachusetts, <laughs> and it's snowing. Well, it's not actually snowing, of but we course. have two feet of snow. Where are you? You're in Texas, right? I'm in Texas. It's you know, and I'm probably going to make you angry. It's it was cold this morning, but it was like a really bitter 45. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm from Georgia, so we just moved up. Oh, north. okay. So you get it. And so, yeah. no, like, yeah, I'm totally a brat about this snow thing. <laughs> yeah, I actually spent some time up there in, in, um, in Boston and Cambridge. I used to live up there for about three years during grad school. And I tell you what, I could not wait to run back to Texas. <sighs> Having it be cold like nine months out of the year. And I remember one of the years we had the big blizzard. And when it started to snow in April, I was like, okay, this is not going to work. I got to get out of here. I got to get back to warmer weather. I can't do it. Well, it's my husband's fault we're up here. It's his job. And so, you know, he was out there snowblowing. And he's also from Georgia. And I'm watching him out there with the snowblower yesterday. And he just comes in and he's bitter. He's like, I just can't do this. And I said, you did this. <laughs> like, you did this to us. It's fine. Like, you got to live you on know, I get it. You know, um, being up there too, that was the part that I hated the most. And just the parking situation and they come down the street like with the big snow plows. And, and I had a big Yukon, right? Because I'm from Texas. We all have the trucks. And so... <laughs> I took my truck up there. Oh, it was the most cumbersome. It was the most. It was the biggest inconvenience ever, right. because they would come with that snowplow and then just pack your car in. It was a workout in itself. Yeah, it was a huge workout trying to well, do. Well, I came it, so. here from Atlanta with my mom wagon, my Honda Pilot, and I realized oh, very God. quickly like that's not going to work. It's two wheel drive and it's huge. So <laughs> now I have a Subaru, you know, like a of little course. white Subaru. I'm like, what is happening to me? I can't even carry three children in this car. I feel <laughs> That's so too like funny. you know normal, but it's you're fine. officially East Coast. You're I, official I am, now. and in New England, I have like my boots and you know my yak tracks and my North Face. <laughs> Jeez, us. yeah. I didn't. I remember having to try to prep for it, and I was like, I think I need to buy everything up there because I don't even know where to shop for something like that here in Dallas. For you for you know for warm clothes. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Much deeper. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about you. Where did you come from? I mean, you are a huge thing on in the world with Fitman Cook, and it wasn't always about cooking and health for you. So what, what kind of turned the corner? What, what changed? Uh, social media and Facebook. <laughs> they kind of put me on blast. You know, I, I was just like many people out there probably listening to this. I was just really looking for a change in my life, really wanting and needing a change. Um, part of it was provoked by somebody posting a really unflattering picture of me on social media. It was well-intentioned, you know, it was from a wedding and I was like, man, you look greasy, out of shape. Um, and it was just one of those things where like, I really need to take a look at my health. And then the second thing was, um, kind of hitting just my proverbial like rock bottom, um, being without a job, being without, you know, you know, my relationship failed, um, so I, I was back at home on my parents' couch just contemplating my life and th- thinking, like, what in the world happened? I thought that I was doing well, and um, just, like, overnight I felt like everything just kind of came, like, tumbling down. Um, and I started to try to work out. I do what most people do and try to out-train a, a poor diet. I didn't know how to eat at the time. Again, like I just said, I'm Southern, so we love good flavor. We love good food. And it's funny. I um, <laughs> I can admit this now today. It's just that for for some meals, I would just eat like chips and salsa because yeah. I love I love Mexican food, but I love like the actual real Mexican food. So I want like the homemade chips that have been like deep fried and battered in grease, <laughs> and then the homemade salsa. And I would have that for an entire meal, and among other stuff, of course. Um, so I, I went to this personal trainer, asked him to help me out. He was going to charge me a, a a ton of money that I didn't have at the time. I was broke as a joke, and, and I said, all right. You? How old were you about this time? Oh, my gosh. At this time, I was maybe like, I don't remember exactly. Maybe I was like 27, 26 okay. um, at the time and just trying to kind of figure things out. And, yeah. then, um, and so I said, all right, Kev, this doesn't make any sense. If this guy can figure it out, you have a great high school diploma. <laughs> you got a college degree, and you got a graduate degree. You need to figure this out for yourself. You can, you can make this work. So I went to Half Price Books and bought every single book they had there about nutrition and just started to to read because I was realizing that like it was easy for me to work out. Like I would work out for three hours a day. I was doing an hour of spin in the morning on an empty stomach and then going back to the gym at nighttime after work to do weights and cardio. And I did that for one year straight and I looked at my side by side picture and I was like, I look the exact same. <laughs> like, how is that possible? Yeah. So that was the turning point to know that it was about the food. So I went to Half Price Books and bought every single book they had there about nutrition and just began just to read and teach myself about nutrition. Um, and then <laughs> Fit Men Cook is a, is, a, is a great community now because, we, you know, we, we're, it's, it's designed to help everybody, you know, um, but it didn't start out that way. So my whole idea was, let me go back to social media, let me post every single meal that I'm eating out there for free, and then see if people can share back with me, people who know what they're actually doing and and have these great physiques, maybe they'll share back with me. I was just trying to crowdsource my diet. Right. And what I realized that there are more people out there that were just like me, who were tired of these cookie cutter plans, and they were trying to figure stuff out. So I was just recreating dishes, making my own thing. Um, and posting the recipes, hoping people would give me feedback. But people were like, hey, I just tried this that you made, and it was bomb. Thank you. (laughs) 
And were you like a big, were you, you weren't a big cook or any, like you didn't care about cooking until that point? Or? No, 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 no. I was cooking at, I was cooking at a, um, at a desperation. I grew up with good food in the house, watching my mom cook, but I never really tried to do a lot of that stuff. In graduate school, I tried to dabble a little bit, but that was like soul food cooking. Cause I just missed being, being in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> so I was trying to, you know, like make something hearty up there in Boston. Um, but I had no experience with cooking. It was just out of pure, pure desperation, which is just like, you know, it's amazing the things that, you know, that can happen when you're in a resource lacking environment, you know, the creativity kind of kicks in. Right. And you created your own resources though. I mean, you you said, I've got a problem. I'm going to go to half price books, which I'm going to be at half price books in January for my, my book signing. In oh, Dallas, yeah, awesome. in Dallas, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, you created your own like resources. And I think yeah. a lot of people, they just say, well, I can't do this. I don't have the resources. And that's such an important part of change, right? I mean, you have yeah. to find out some answers for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You have to. You know, no one's going to love you like you. I know that people have probably heard that before in different contexts. You know, they usually hear that when they're talking about like an abusive like relationship or something they've got to get out of. But also the relationship that we have with ourselves is also really important. The way we talk to ourselves and the way that we treat ourselves. And at the end of the day, you can hire every single trainer out there. You can you can hire the best consultants. You can hire the best nutritionists. But at the end of the day, it comes down to individual responsibility that you have to go ahead and do the work and you've got to care enough about you to take that first step. Yeah. When you saw that picture of yourself on, on Facebook or whatever, I mean, I, I don't know if this is a universal thing for women, but like to be so hard on yourself, like were you, did you go through a period where you were just like, oh gosh, I'm a piece of crap. How did this happen? And just you know, hard on yourself or did once you turned the corner and decided to change, did, did the voice improve in your head or is it something you still have to work on? Yeah, it's such a great question. And so the short answer to that is the latter part of what you said is something that you have to continually work on. When I first saw the picture, you know, and I'm glad you touched on this because I know that stereotypically people always think just that women are the only ones that, you know, that are, that are largely concerned. It's funny when I, when I started to do this stuff with like fit men cook and I got, emails and stuff. I get a lot of emails from dudes. So women by and large engage publicly and Mm -hmm. they'll tag their friends, their boyfriends, their families. We're going to make this tonight. We're going to do this for girls night and (laughs) like that. And guys don't do that. Right. Right. But guys will send me messages. And a lot of them are rooted in, you know, like I got a broken heart. I'm trying to turn the corner. I hate the way I look and feel. So guys do that too. We just don't, you know, we just may not share it publicly. Yeah. So I, I definitely um, battled with that. And I was in a relationship at that time too that was, um, it, it wasn't the best relationship for me from, from a mental standpoint. Like uh, she could just make me laugh. She could really, really, really make me laugh. And I loved that. That made me fall like in love with her but she also made me very insecure because she would talk about my weight oh and I'd find myself like pulling out my shirt at times you know and doing stuff you know like that and so that was um and and so that all I contributed so I had to really unlearn some of that during this um during this process and I say that today even still it's something that you have to continually work on because back then it was what like 2009 2010 Think about where we are right now in 2019 with the impact of social media. We are inundated every single day with images, yeah. 
and and messages about what the perfect diet is, what the right body is, how we should look and feel about ourselves. So you have to get to a point where you say, all right, this is what health and wellness is to me. Yep. This is how this is what this means to me. And I'm going to block out everything else and I'm going to just stay in my own lane and run my own course. Yes, that's so important. I mean, I, t- I talk about that a lot, that health, happiness and success, that it is so subjective. You've got and I use this example of like if you were plopped down on planet Earth from another planet and you had no idea yeah. what things, quote unquote, should be, should look like what would health feel like to you? And we all have that set point. You know, people want to say, oh, it's not about weight. It's not, maybe, maybe not. I mean, I'll listen to your argument. But for me, there is a weight where I become miserable. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 You know, it largely, you know, like, like, first off, you can define health in in many different ways. Um, You know, it could be to stop taking medication it could be I want to run my first 5K. It could be I want to take my, you know, like my kids around the block, you know, and walk with them, stuff like that. But by and large, too, weight is going to be an underlying principle because the reality of it is I'm not saying that you've got to have six-pack abs and everything else. I'm not saying that you should go and do that. But when you have excess weight, it makes mobility a little bit harder and much more challenging. Right. So – Weight is always going to be like an underlying issue. You've got to be healthy, like in your body and mind. And I and I'm saying that as a as a body positive type of you know person. And that like I'm not saying that you've got to have these the stuff on the magazine cover because first off, I've got my own opinions about those bodies and and what those diets look like and right. those you know that. But you do need to work on the weight because that does affect the quality of life that you have. Yeah. And it also makes travel more comfortable. That's what I noticed when I was really, really heavy, like airplane seats were the worst and mm-hmm. now they're not an issue. It's so nice. My yeah. husband and I both talk about that. No. We're like, we don't really mind flying anymore because we fit in the seat. <laughs> right, right. It yeah. changes, you, you know, your entire life. My, my family, um, uh, you know, has had a lot of, my family, I mean, like my parents have had a lot of health issues and, Last year or two years ago, I convinced my dad that he needed to go um, plant-based, and I'm not a I'm not a plant-based dieter at all. Um, but I knew that with the symptoms that you know that he had, that he really needed to go plant-based because he had so much internal inflammation, yeah. and a lot of that is caused by like animal products. Um, and and I say this too, like with a little asterisk, like I'm not saying that everyone has to go plant-based, but when you get to a point when your health is in that condition, so just imagine what would happen if you had some balance in your life throughout the years. You wouldn't have to go and do that. Right. Now, I say that because one of the things that's that's been a blessing to me to hear them say now today is that they've completely transformed their life. They've lost all this weight um, and they're on this different path. And they called me up after Thanksgiving and they said, you know what we're so happy about that it's the day after Thanksgiving and we're not walking around stuffed, that we don't feel lethargic and heavy after the holidays. Yeah. And we don't miss we don't miss that. We love to we we miss, you know, like we love y'all and we want to eat with you all, but we don't miss cooking all of these big fatty foods because it made us feel bad. And so I thought that was a really big win because you're you're connecting the quality of life to how you know to to what you're putting into your body just like what you just said like with the airplane seats it's like wow you just wake up one day and be like 
my quality of life has completely changed. And it's because I changed what I was putting into my body and how I treated myself. Right, right. The food sweats is what I call it. You know, when you mm. overeat and then you're all of a sudden really hot. Like I am freezing oh, here God. in Massachusetts, but on Thanksgiving, <laughs> I had the food sweats. It, I was so hot because I don't yeah. normally eat what I ate. And I just went on yeah. a binge and it was bad. But I was I was sitting in bed and I was like, oh, my God, I've got the sweats. <laughs> yeah. Because your body yeah, is telling you, know, you, like, what are you doing to me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's such a beautiful check, too. Like, yeah. I like I tell people, first off, if you're going to go and have Thanksgiving, go and have Thanksgiving. <laughs> like, right. go and have it. Own it. You don't need to make some low calorie. Go and make Nana's recipe that she'd been serving the family for years. But then go back to your regular diet. But I like when people say that kind of stuff because it just because your body will tell you, hey, we got to go back on the regular diet yeah. after this on our healthy eating plan because I don't like the way that I feel. And you don't know how, that's the thing I realized getting healthy over the last decade. Um, I never realized how bad I felt. I mean, I knew I felt bad, but until you start taking care of yourself and feel what a healthy diet looks like and, and exercise and getting rid of booze, if that's your problem, I mean, yeah. you don't know how bad you feel until you, you go without it. And then you have that Thanksgiving uh -huh. meal. It's like, oh my gosh, I, I felt like this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. You kind of have that check. You know, my, um, my pastor, Bishop T.D. Jakes, and he made a comment one time during a sermon years ago, and it just always stuck with me. He said, bad seems good whenever you live with terrible. Oh, so you really good. don't know. <laughs> yeah, you good. really don't know sometimes. So he was saying that in the course of like being in bad relationships. But it's also, you know, the same thing with like food, right? Like you don't really know what bad is, you know, until you until you've actually changed your life. And all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I felt like this every single day. Yeah. Didn't know that. Didn't know I was dealing with that. And now I've got this newness of, you know, this newness of life. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to fight food all the time. It's been like a lifelong battle for me. And it used right. to always be about, okay, I don't want to get gain any weight. I don't want to, um, I don't want to get fatter or whatever. And now I turned 40 this year and it's really about how I feel truly. Like I look mm -hmm. at food and I think, okay, what do I want to eat for dinner? I mean, now I plan everything ahead of time, but when I'm thinking yeah. about what I want to eat, I ask myself, how is this going to make me feel? And that's really helped me from a, from a binge eat because I'm a binge eater and I'm, I've got all sorts of issues. <laughs> Kevin, I'm sorry. Um, but, mm -hmm. you know, to, to look at your food on your plate and say, okay, when I eat this, how am I going to feel? And if the answer is like a, a amazing chicken and rice dish with uh, the salad, I know I'm going to be fine. I'm going to feel fine. Yeah. But, you know, there's a big question mm -hmm. when you're sitting in front of a pizza. <laughs> Yeah, you don't know. There's, you know, like there is, and I, and and it's such a good nugget to share with people that you know you need to ask yourself that, and especially ask yourself that when the moments when you're not feeling as strong, mm -hmm. um, you know, when life kind of hits you, or you know, there are holidays come around and you're feeling a little bit sad or something like that. The weather changes. You you need to remember to ask yourself those types of things, um, and that's why I really love cooking. Just because even cooking something up that's really hearty and nutritious can actually make you feel better. Cooking is very therapeutic. And so I think that you have like an, a, an exponential effect whenever you cook something that's healthy for yourself and also the cooking. So you get the you get like a synergistic, uh, you know, like from from cooking itself, the process, and then you're feeding yourself something good and nutritious. It's like you feel doubly better. Yeah. So what is your favorite thing to cook? Hmm. I, 
I really don't have one thing that I, one favorite thing to cook. Actually, you know what? Let me say this then. I, I, I think that I could say this now. I feel like my favorite thing to cook would be salmon. I love I, I salmon. Love, yeah, I love a good medium rare salmon. And I was thinking the other day because as much as I preach variety to my followers and that's what you got to go and do for the long haul and I do believe that, I'm a creature of habit. <laughs> so like I can eat salmon every single morning. And I'll just, you know, I'll grill it up or something and then just have some toast and some tomato or some avocado and I'm good. Um, and it's just my thing. And um, so I think that would be like my, you know, my go to. The other one, I would say I've gotten into this routine after I travel a whole lot. Um, and I just made the connection this year that I like to come home and make uh, flank steak, sweet potato and greens, some type of green vegetable like asparagus or green beans or spinach. And I never made the connection um, about why I was doing this until this year. And it's because I grew up with good food in the house. And on Soul Food Sunday is when my mom would actually just cook and everyone would get together. We were kind of like the big mama's house. that so Everyone would come over our house to eat. And one of my favorite things for her to cook would be roast beef, candied yams, and and, um, and, and greens. There you go. And we would have, and the, and so I never made the connection that like when I come back home from traveling and I'm just out of my element, I make myself something that's nutritious, right? But it's just, but it's 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 rooted in that memory, which I want to say to people listening out there. And this is what I told told like my parents is that. Um, you need to make new memories with food. Mm. So I've got that beautiful memory of soul food Sundays and how it made me feel. And now I have this brand new memory of this amazing, healthy, calorie conscious meal that's still soul food inspired. It makes me feel good though afterwards. Yeah. And it energizes me. So look at your life and your diet now, not just as, you know, because some people can be like, oh, I got to go eat this salad. Healthy food is way more than that it's much more than that so you've got to get beyond what you're used to um you know and go and explore like other cuisines and other cultures other types of diets and foods expose yourself to that and create new memories and one of the best ways to do that is to do that with people that you love because you can have that experience and you'll connect like oh it's first time eating quinoa and I remember that time that, you know, so-and-so brought that out the kitchen. We didn't know what that was. We were sitting there trying to eat it and everyone was making jokes. But you have that, that wonderful word? memory. How do you say that word? How do you say that? Exactly. And that's, that's what I was doing. I still have my first memory when I went to the grocery store and asked for, you know, like quinoa. And quinoa. the guy corrected me. And I said, no, I think it's quinoa. <laughs> <laughs> that's so. what my kids do. They're like, are we going to eat that Q thing? Right, in, but in the pantry, and it's a but that's a wonderful memory to have. Yeah, you yeah. know of quinoa. Is well, it, let's so. talk about your salmon because I I love salmon too, and I love to cook it in a cast iron skillet, like super hot skillet, um, skin mm -hmm. side down, um, yep. really hot, so where it goes, you know, you get that crispy skin. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then I put it in like I sear it there for a little bit, and then I put it in the oven, and then turn the broiler on the last like you know minute to get that top crispy. But how do you yeah. do it? Because I like to I like to hear about how people cook their fish. <laughs> yeah, pretty much the same. I'll yeah. um, I'll season it up really well, and I usually try to keep it really really basic because salmon is just beautiful by itself. So salt and pepper, maybe some smoked paprika. Um, 
you know, or maybe like a nice, you know, citrus blend. And then I'll also add just maybe like a teaspoon of oil to that as I'm seasoning it. Just that way it helps with the non-sticking and also just to really rub in, you know, the rub. Then I'll heat up the non-stick skillet, put it on super high heat. And then I'll actually sear it first for like one or two minutes with the skin side up. Mm-hmm. And then flip it over skin side down um, and cook it for the rest of the time and then put it into the oven. So I'll sear it and then I'll bake it or broil it in, in, in the oven for, gosh, no more than um, no more than six minutes. Yeah. Usually if it's a small like filet because um, I like mine on medium rare and then just take it out. And then that that salmon, you know, the, the skin is so nice and crispy and firm um, and then all the flavor is there. So that's my easy way to do it. Yeah, I love um, your. I watched on your Instagram this morning while I was working out your vegan chocolate waffle. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not getting my fail. And watching the, the vegan waffle, and then your friend who's like, oh, it tastes like cake. And I was like, I need to turn this one off. Back to the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, yeah. Sweets yeah. are my weakness. So I try yes. not to make make too many of them. It kind of sends me on a binge. I know, I know. And that's that's the funny thing. So I was I was looking through all of your posts and all the food looks so good. And I have such a hard time with, like you say, a binge. I almost like my food to be kind of bland sometimes because mm. I, I'm like, I don't want it to taste too good because I can't. Well, I mean, I can, but I have trouble stopping eating when food is so good. And so right. I, for the most part, eat a pretty boring diet of like chicken and rice and veggies and rice and you know whatever you know rice yeah because if it tastes too good i kind of go crazy with it um do you does that make any sense to you (laughs) it does it does make it it does make a whole lot of sense and and i'm glad that you just you know like it kind of put that out there just because you got to do what works for you yeah at the end of the day um so for me i i could uh, you know like say for me it's eating sweets so i try to stay away from those because i just know that one one little taste of something and I'm going to be trying to chase that high all day long, <laughs> trying to find something else so sweet to eat. So yeah, you got to find the little stuff that actually works for you. Um, and as long as you're staying like committed to your own diet and you're happy, then Hey, then then keep on doing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to talk about your spices because I have this, um, so I, my kids, I make them sandwiches for lunch and, and my daughter was making her own sandwich last week and she goes, Mom, I don't know what is wrong with my sandwiches, but they don't taste like yours. And I said, well, <laughs> here's the secret. I was in high school. I started putting seasoning on my sandwiches and I started making my, so my friends would come over. We would swim all day and they would be like, make me one of your sandwiches. And so I would make a sandwich, a turkey <laughs> sandwich. And the secret was Mrs. Dash. Like that was what I used then. And everyone's <laughs> like, why is this sandwich so good? And so I, over the years, like I'll put different spices on my sandwiches. Yeah. And people are like, "Your sa- what is it with your sandwich? And so <laughs> spices are like, they're so underestimated. <laughs> they change everything. They change everything. And I, I saw that you've got um, a new line of spices. So I w- definitely want to talk about those and, and kind of how you came to develop your own and, and what they are. Yeah, spices, I mean, you're so right. Spices really do add like a lot of flavor um, and they help to liven up any diet and freshen your diet. And so if you're not using spices or some seasoning out there, please do yourself a favor and go and get yourself some good flavor because you don't know what you're missing. Yeah. Um, and so I, so it came to the point like uh, after I, I did the book last year that I really wanted to 
begin now, I felt like, to get into people's kitchens and in a brand new way and, and have my own products. We have been pitched for like a couple of years now just about doing stuff, doing different products, and I just never felt that it was the right time. Um, and now I do. I feel like I'm at a point. I finally kind of feel like I've had like my voice um, and I have like a point of view about stuff. Um, and so part of it is like, all right, I know where I struggled when I first started out too. And that was just trying to make things taste good. I remember, um, going through my pantry and seeing like tons of different, you know, spices and in about a year they all have dust on them because I have no idea like, (laughs) you know, how to use them. So I thought that spices would be a really easy way. And so I created this spice system that I actually dabbled in doing about back in 2015 but it wasn't the right time to kind of fully commit to it so um, I'm revisiting that now and and have basically transformed and enhanced the spices that I originally um, helped to launch in back in 2015 and um, because now I feel like again like you know we're ready for it and it's a spice system so basically it teaches people how to season food so we've got three base blends. We've got an everyday blend, a land blend, which is for anything that roams on the land, you know, like um, um, chicken, beef, plants. And then we have a sea blend. And the sea blend is for things that are, you know, like seafood. So it's much more like citrus in nature. And all of them have their different personalities. But here's the, you know, here's the cool thing. They're all like low sodium and you can mix and match them together. Mm-hmm. So it teaches you how to, you know, all right, I think I'm going to add like the everyday base blend because it's an everyday one that you can put on anything, kind of like hot sauce. <laughs> yeah, like on that, right? Yeah. And then you can maybe say, you know what, I'm going to add like a little bit of citrus flavor with this. So I'm going to use a C blend on this. So we've got the three base blends and then we also have three specialty blends. And those are like, those are the ones right now that are literally kind of just like flying off the shelf. The whole system is basically, you know, best selling, but the with the specialty blends people are really liking. So we have a green chili lime, which I think tastes like Doritos. Oh no! <laughs> so I made this <laughs> Dorito so video, good. and I didn't think I thought it was just going to be like a quick like, little thing. We have gotten so much feedback about this darn, you know, a Dorito video. Some people are actually going and recreating those chips, you know, like <laughs> using that blend. Um, and then we have a sriracha blend, and then we have a um, a Southern Creole blend. It's a nod to my Southern heritage and, and my Cajun roots, and and that. And I love and I like that blend in particular because Cajun seasonings and rubs are loaded with so much sodium and sugar at times. There's just tons of it. These are freshly ground blends. They're very low sodium, so it teaches you to at the very end season your you know your food with a little bit of salt and pepper afterwards. And we tend to when we start cooking, we watch these shows that people just put in globs of salt and pepper from the get-go, and you have no idea what it tastes like. And we also don't know how to, you know, like just let the let the flavors of the food and the spices themselves kind of, you know, marinate a little bit before you start putting in tons of salt and pepper. Right. So these blends are are like you're just designed for that, um, and they're called the Fit Cook, the Fit Cook blends, and I'm really happy about them. We launched. Um, Gosh, I guess we launched at the very top of this. Wait, the very top of November or mid? No, no, we launched mid-November, mm-hmm. um, and they're doing amazingly well. We're we're ranked number one in mixed seasonings on on Amazon, uh, you know, for new releases, um, you know, for the whole set. And I just found out yesterday that um, that people can also buy them in like individually. So it, within the top ten, 
of the spices on the Amazon, we actually have four of, um, of those spots because people are buying the set and then they're buying the individual bottles. Well, you had so, me at Doritos because uh, I, I, <laughs> I can't eat corn. Like, it's such a sad allergy, but I have a corn allergy. And so Doritos were, like, always like corn driving food. Either. Like, when I, when I know mm, it's a mm. horrible thing. But I used to, like, get a bag of Doritos when I'd drive home from college. And, like, I mean, I was smoking at the time, too. And I would smoke cigarettes mm-hmm, and Doritos. Yeah. And um, so, like, yeah, to have a spice that could, like, put that on my rice or something? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's ridiculous. My cousin called me last night. And my, my other family, you know, they're not into healthy eating and cooking. And my aunt, who is just, you know, cooks the most unhealthy food, she got in the phone. Baby, these spices are hitting. <laughs> and they put them on some burgers they made. They're like, oh, my God. Awesome. So I'm really happy to see that people are, um, and they use lean meat. And so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see that people are taking the spices, they're making them their own, um, but they're also, but they're using them to make calorie conscious food taste amazing. Right, right. That's awesome. Well, Kevin, one more question. Um, this podcast is mm-hmm. called The Same 24 Hours, meaning we all have yeah. the same 24 hours in our day, but it's what we do in those 24 hours that leads to our personal personal decision of our personal view of health happiness and success Mm -hmm. so what is something that you like to do on a daily basis that really contributes to your best life oh that's a great question um one thing i like to do well i have two things um i have a i like to spend a little bit of qt um, each day, carving, carving out that talent for myself. I, I know that I don't have a family yet, so I can just imagine having to wake up and having to deal with kids and getting them off for school and everything else. But wherever you can, wherever you are, just try to carve out some time for yourself, and that's so important. So for me, I'll get up and I'll, I like to take my dog for a walk, and then I'll put on like a podcast or like a devotional, and I'll listen to that. And it's the only time. And during that time, I'll put on, you know, I'll put my phone on, like, do not disturb. Mm-hmm. And it's the only time of day that I have just that's completely to myself that I can just, you know, be alone with my thoughts and, and, and learn something that will just, you know, like just empower me. I'm feeding back into me and getting ready for the day and getting mentally prepared. And I think it's so important because one thing that I've learned in going through therapy is that we rarely talk to ourselves and we rarely listen to ourselves. Mm. Um, and so that got me into the habit of like, let me get more in tune with Kevin. And then the second thing that I do is um, on that similar note is I like to have a really good wind down routine. So a wind down routine basically means like when it's time to start getting ready for bed, there are a couple of things I like to go ahead and do. So I take like a really, really hot shower. Um, I got some mood lights you know, in my condo and I'll change the, you know, and they they can cycle through like different lightings. Um, I'll do some light stretching. Um, but I do all these different things in order to tell my body, like it's time Kevin to turn your mind off, stop thinking about what happened and what could have happened today or what didn't happen, et cetera, et cetera, and get some rest. And I think that's been the most challenging thing that I've done but it also the thing that I know that that that, that contributes to my best self. Um, yes, I and I find that. that when you have rest, it does. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. I'm going to order your spices right now. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for doing that. Thank you. <laughs> 
Thank you for joining me on this episode of The Same 24 Hours. Remember to rate, review, and share this podcast. It really matters. I appreciate it. See you next time.